Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Glad to be back with you. Had a couple days off the last few days, and I'll be quite honest, we've got a lot to catch up on. It's the off season, but gosh, the transfer portal, it delivers. If you're a diehard IU fan or college basketball fan, it has been a wild couple days for the portal and all sorts of rumbling last night. If you get into the social media stuff and message board hype out there that Indiana might be on the verge of one or even two big commitments out of the portal. So we'll talk about that. Nothing has materialized so far today, but Indiana very active right now in the portal. Had an official visit, actually two of them, yesterday had a Zoom meeting with a player as well of interest. And so I'll tell you, until they are signed, sealed, delivered, committed, whatever you want to say, you don't know for sure. But it does seem like Indiana is heading in the right direction with some of these big names out of the transfer portal. So we'll talk about that coming up here in just a bit. Welcome into our Friday show, the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. <clears throat> Excuse me, segment one. Here in just a moment, we'll take a look at some of the headlines of the day, some of the news of the day. We'll talk about the transfer portal. And segment two, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He'll be with us as we talk the latest on some of these guys and more coming up here in just a bit. And then later today, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will stop by. We'll catch up on some in-state recruiting. I mean, I know it's hard to believe with all the portal stuff, but in-state recruiting and the typical high school recruiting process, it's still going on out there as well. So we'll catch up on that also. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and let me know what you think about some of this news on the transfer portal, some of these prospects that Indiana is targeting in the portal. Send me a text, 502-414-1450. One more time, 502-414-1450. So yesterday in Bloomington, Oregon 7-foot, Kell Ware, he made an official visit to Indiana. 
And last night there was a lot of buzzing, if you believe that kind of stuff, that maybe he would commit to Indiana. He's the number one ranked prospect right now in the transfer portal. He's a big name, and Indiana seems to be in a good place with him. He was on the IU campus yesterday. His official visit will continue today. Uh, Indiana Mike Woodson making the uh, offer to him, making the package to him, and we'll see ultimately if he chooses to become an Indiana Hoosier. So that was big news yesterday, seeing what the latest is out of the portal with Kel L. Ware, big seven-foot guy from Oregon, a top 10 high school recruit coming out of high school, played his freshman season at Oregon, entered the portal. And again, a lot of these people that track the transfer portal, they've got Ware as the number one available prospect right now in the transfer portal. So he is a big name. There is no question about that. Also yesterday, Ledlam. I think it's Chris Ledlam of Harvard. He was uh, at Bloomington on an official visit, and the staff had a phone call with Dalton Connect, who is a northern Colorado transfer that also is getting a lot of interest out of the transfer portal as well. He's six foot six, 200-pound guard, uh, started at Northeastern Junior College, transferred to northern Colorado, had a great year there, and is now headed to uh, the portal and potentially to Indiana. So a lot of buzz about where Indiana stands with some of these guys, but those are some of the big names. And it's amazing to me, Indiana and Mike Woodson, they might strike out on all of them, but right now they are involved with so many of the big names in the transfer portal. Uh, it's just really amazing how many Indiana's been able to get with uh, Zoom visits, campus visits, and uh, the portal is really hopping right now. If you need any example on how it keeps college basketball fans tuned in to the season, even after their team is out or even after the national championship game, you know, L. Ellis over at Louisville after, after the season that they had, it seemed like he might stay it, uh, at Louisville. It seemed like he was going to declare for the NBA draft but possibly would stay at Louisville. And uh, now yesterday he entered, announced that he is going to enter the transfer portal as well. So the seventh uh, player from Louisville to enter the transfer portal uh, for this uh, offseason. Pretty amazing. So lots of news with the transfer portal, that is for sure. A couple other headlines to mention. Uh, high school baseball, we're tracking the performance of some of the teams here early on. Jasper and Floyd Central did battle yesterday. The Wildcats always one of the best high school baseball programs in southern Indiana. They defeated Floyd Central 1-0. Uh, kind of an interesting early season score. Floyd is 3-2 and two early on, but I think they are really one of the teams to watch this season, uh, no question about that. So a big win for Jasper, but Floyd is a team here early that is competitive and going to be a team to watch in Southern Indiana baseball this upcoming season. Don't forget to send your questions and comments in on the Thornton's text line, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. A couple other names maybe to know or names to pay attention to out of the portal right now. Peyton Sparks, of course, already committed to Indiana from Ball State. He is signed, sealed, and delivered. Caden Shedrick, another name that is on the list. Of course, Kel L. Ware, Chris Ledlam, he's the player from Harvard, the graduate transfer. This is one of the first big names to hit, hit the portal this offseason. Dalton Connect from Northern Colorado, I mentioned him. And a name that Indiana was very involved with early on 
with Nick Timberlake of Towson. Uh, he's since been involved with a lot of other programs as well, so we'll see what the situation is with him. But Nick Timberlake, obviously a name to watch. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dylan Wallace. You're listening to a Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Glad to have you with us. Lots of IU talk and the transfer portal coming up here on this Friday edition of the show. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502. 502- for 1450 again 502-414-1450 Dylan Wallace he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune with us each week in this segment as we talk the latest with Indiana basketball the Big Ten college hoops and more and Dylan I tell you what I, I don't pay attention to all of the social media fodder or Facebook activity, some of the IU groups, but there was a lot of momentum that Indiana had a real chance to land a couple big names out of the transfer portal last night. We'll see today and maybe this weekend if any of that actually materializes. Yeah, it was really picked up late last night. Um, I guess it's no surprise that some of the guys they're going after are, you know, West Coast kids, you know, the Ware kids from Oregon, Neck is from, I think, the Colorado, so... Uh, maybe it was some Pac-12 boards going on that, that at like 11 p.m. that had everybody kind of having their eyes open. But, yeah, it picked up a lot of momentum and buzz last night. It seemed like, you know, I know they, they had wear on an official visit this weekend. So it just seemed like things were going really, really well. Um, you know, I, I know he followed Indiana's basketball on, like, social media. And, you know, sometimes that just happens. But, you know, whenever things like that, people always look to, to find any kind of connections to grasp onto. So, I guess that was a, a nice thing that was added. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's just a lot of really positive news about uh, the Ware kids specifically from Oregon. And, you know, I, I think it would make sense for you to kind of go after a guy like that because he's, he's a really athletic five, um, a little bit closer to a stretch five than maybe we've seen Indiana guys get. You know, Malik Renew showed some real willing ability to shoot from, from three last year but never really had the volume to do it. Peyton Sparks is definitely not a shooter that we're going to see step out. So the Ware kid... I um, don't know if he chooses out of threes, but he's definitely a little bit more of kind of athletic stretch big that uh, I think Woodson would want to go after. And he's obviously a really good kind of lob threat. And, you know, if you have a guard like Xavier Johnson running the show, you know, to have a guy that can go catch lobs is always a good thing. So I think he fits the profile of a pretty good guy that Nina would want. So um, I think things are looking good and sounding good from there. But, um, you know, you never know with this kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I know they, they're having the Dalton, that kid, in, in an in-home visit. Um, I think they're having the Chris Ledlam guy from, I think it's Harvard. I think he's coming to campus soon. So a, a lot of guys that, you know, Indiana's kind of getting 
you know, on campus. And that's kind of when you know it's serious. You know, a lot of people, you know, there's going to be so many names that pop up that Indiana is interested in. But once they really get them on campus and they bring them to Assembly Hall um, in Bloomington, that's when you know they're pretty serious about trying to get them. And those are the guys you should pay attention to. So I would say those three names are probably the three biggest ones right now that we've seen and heard about lately. Uh, that Indiana is kind of really, really targeting and, and hoping to land. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe sooner rather than later we see some of these uh, announcements come through if they are coming to Indiana. I tell you what, everything I've seen on Ware uh, gives him glowing reviews on his potential and what he could be. At Oregon this past season, he averaged 6.6 points, just over four rebounds and just over a block per game, got about 16 minutes per game for the Ducks last season. But he came in as a guy that was pretty sure a one-and-done headed to the professional ranks, and he still has a really good reputation, I think, based on his potential because some of the folks that track this portal activity, I think one service has him as the number one guy in the transfer portal right now. Yeah, you definitely, he's got a ton of upside. I mean, you just kind of see his, if you just see a little couple highlights of him, you can see why. He's just, he's really big, really long, lengthy, and just like I said earlier, really athletic. You know, he can really kind of go above the rim to catch lobs, um, he, he won't do a whole lot of posting up, which I think is maybe a breath of fresh air for Indiana fans. Like, he can do it, but he's, he's a little bit more comfortable in kind of that, you know, mid-range area, um, which, is, which is really nice to see because that was an element that Indiana just really didn't have uh, the last couple of years. As good as Trace was, he wasn't really comfortable shooting outside, you know, 10 feet or whatever. So to have a guy who, who could do multiple things around the rim and, may, and even step out just a little bit and be a little bit comfortable with, with a mid-range shot or anything like that is really good to see. It. And not to mention he's a really, really good defender, can block shots at a really high level. Uh, obviously with the length that he has, you know, you'd hope he'd be able to do that. So that was really good. It, it seems like you know, he's, he's a really, really good player and um, maybe just didn't get all the opportunities he wanted at Oregon. So um, you know, this could definitely be a guy that a lot of people – you know, are high on and want to bring in. So I'm sure he's got a lot of suitors right now, and uh, Indiana seems like one of the, the higher ones on the board, which is nice to see that they can go after a guy with this kind of talent and, and hopefully get him soon. Uh, Dylan, I know it really doesn't matter until you land some of these guys, but I've got to hand it to the IU staff. When a big name has come available in the portal, Indiana's been pretty much involved with almost all of these big names across the country. Again, it doesn't matter unless you get them to come, but, boy, Indiana's really going after some of the best out there. And it, it just feels different because, you know, when, when I, you know, back in, in Tom Cree and Archie Miller eras, like, they would always offer these kind of big, bigger-time recruits. It, it wasn't so much transfer portal guys because it wasn't like how it is now, but they would offer, always offer the bigger names. But you, you just never felt confident that Indiana was really, really a contender to get some of these guys. But right now, you know, every time one of these big names, the transfer portal, come available and Indiana is showing interest, you just feel a little bit more comfortable. You feel like there's a better chance that Mike Woodson and Yassir Roseman, Kenya Hunter, Brian Walsh, you just feel better that these guys might have a chance to grab them and, and get them. Um, and, you know, even with the, the Caleb Love thing, you know, he was, he, he was when he first came in, it just seemed like Indiana was, it was a very high possibility, and that kind of fizzled out. But still, it just felt like Indiana was one of the one or two or three teams that was really a possible choice for him. And, um, you know, we'll still see on that end. But, yeah, it just seems like with these higher-end talents, Indiana's in the mix, and, and it's not just their, their names there, but it just feels like they have a better chance of kind of bringing these guys in. They're getting more of these guys on campus for, for official visits, and, and it just feels like this coaching staff has a really good grasp on you know who they want um, and, and just kind of have a, do a really good job of kind of bringing them in. So it's been really nice. It's been really fun, nice to see and fun to follow. And, you know, obviously every, every time a big name goes in, everyone 
super amped up that Indiana will get them. They're not going to get everybody, but I do like the types of players they're prioritizing. Uh, I do think it says a little bit about maybe the stylistic changes we'll be seeing next season if they can land some of these guys. So all this is pretty exciting right now. And, um, you know, the, the, the days of having nothing to talk about in the offseason are pretty much over with, with how this transfer portal uh, happens. And, and, you know, even when, when the period ends, you know, you're going to have so many new guys, you can fill the offseason with just talking about the lineups or who's going to play what and all this kind of stuff. So uh, it's definitely fun for everybody to talk about. But I, I do like what Indiana is doing, who they're prioritizing. And, and like I said, it just feels like with this coaching staff and just the level of trust that I've, I've kind of come to grow with them is that, you know, it just you just feel a little bit more comfortable and maybe a little bit more optimistic that these guys can, can land some of these bigger players, especially when they get them here on campus. I think it's a good sign. And, you know, when you come to Bloomington, uh, it's a great place to be. You know, it's getting warmer out here, so it's a lot of fun. Campus is alive, and obviously the basketball is, is better than none. So uh, it's really nice, and uh, I'm excited to kind of see who they keep going after and if they can get some of these guys here soon. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. I know there's a lot of excitement about where I get it. He's seven foot. He's an NBA-type prospect. But I'll tell you, for next season, I'm not sure that there's a bigger name out there for Indiana to land than Chris Ledlam of Harvard. He was one of the first big names in the portal. I think he entered like the week of the conference tournaments because Harvard's tournament had been the week earlier. Uh, but he, he is proven at the mid-major level. Uh, he's got a guy that's got a body that could bang in the Big Ten and be aggressive in that conference at that level. And I think uh, for the immediate help for next season, that probably no bigger name could be added than, than Ledlam. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and he, you're right. He was like, I think he might have been one of the first names that I even saw um, that, you know, Indiana was showing interest in with right when everything kind of opened up. You know, he was one of those first names, and everyone was kind of really excited about it. And the more you kind of follow and look at the kind of player he is, um, he just seems like kind of a, a guy that would you that Indiana would really, really want to have. And a guy that Indiana really hasn't had. You know, they, they, they just have lacked kind of this wing position for a while now. Um you know whether it, you know and they have they have they had talented guards this year. They had the great post players with Trey Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, but that wing position has just been kind of missing for Indiana, and it's been kind of the area that you'd always hope they could grab a guy who's athletic, who can shoot, who can really do things off the bounce. You know, Miller Cop was a great shooter, but that was a, kind of about it. And and you want guys that can do multiple things out on the perimeter, and Ledlam kind of fits that mold of a guy who can do a very a variety of things. And he's also kind of got that big strong body, Big Ten ready body, as, as we could say. You know, he just looks like he's kind of physically imposing and could really kind of hang, you know, with the best of them in the Big Ten. And uh, I, I think that'd be an awesome addition to this team because, like you said, when you look at this roster right now, you know, you, you presumably have Xavier Johnson back, you have Trey Galloway, you have Malik Renew, and when once again, that's, that's guards, that's kind of lower post players, and you really need kind of that three-ish wing um, type of player that, to come in. And, you know, you're hoping Caleb Banks kind of grows into that role a little bit too and, and improves his shot. But to get a guy like Lednam, who has already proven he can do it uh, at the mid-major level, and, and these guys, you know, we, we've seen it the last couple of years, these kind of mid-major transfers come into some of these bigger programs. They're doing really, really good things. So, um, you know, I'm excited. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think they're having him on campus soon. I don't. It might be this weekend, I'm not sure, but... Um, like I said, whenever you get him on campus, that's kind of when you know things are serious and the talks are really happening. So he's one of those guys, and you know I, I agree with you. You know, where is really is really exciting. Um, I think just the the height and athleticism and length of him kind of you know stands out. But but a guy like Ledlam, who's really proven already, and you can kind of just spot him in. You feel pretty comfortable with what he can do on the floor. Um, I think that'd be a huge gift for the end if they're able to land him. 
Dylan, it's amazing to me how the transfer portal, uh, if you're a diehard fan of a program or a conference or just, I guess, college hoops as a whole, it's amazing how it's kept uh, you uh, in tune here these last few days with no live basketball. I mean, yesterday in our area, a lot of headlines about L. Ellis of Louisville who had announced he was going to test the NBA draft waters, but then announced yesterday he's going to enter the transfer portal. And I know Creighton had a big loss to the transfer portal. Of course, Hunter Dickinson last week of Michigan. There's lots of rumors out there that he may go to Maryland and stay in the Big Ten Conference. But if you're a diehard like you and I, and I would assume many listeners of this program, this portal has added a whole other element to tracking college hoops in the offseason. It really has, um, you know, and, and Jameson Battle, you know, he left Minnesota to going to Ohio State, so that's another guy we're seeing stand in the Big Ten just on a different team. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think it's – you can feel all you want about it. It is it is kind of wild to just follow along. But And, and people can say, you know, it's, you know the, the program, you're never going to have kids stick around for years and years on end now if they're unhappy or whatever, which is probably true. But, you know, Indiana still has a lot of guys in this roster you could really stick around and root for. You know, Trey Galloway is going to be a fourth-year player here who's been around, and, and, you know, he's probably going to be one of the fan favorites this next season. So you still have kind of your program guys. I think that's pretty important still is to have guys like that on the roster while always being willing to kind of go into that transfer portal and, and, and you know, pick up game changers who can come in right away and really kind of change what your team is. Indiana is losing so much, and if you didn't have the transfer portal, um, you know, I don't know what next season would look like because you're only bringing in Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton, and that's it. Um, so it would be kind of a, a bleak look and you never knew what to expect but with the transfer portal you can really go in and kind of shape shift what your team's going to be like and and really get some some major players so um i think it, from that aspect it's really fun and it just it just like you said just keeps everybody kind of on their toes you're always keeping track of everything even if there's players who you think are staying they might not stay or you know all this kind of stuff so it's, it's always it's, it's a constant cycle here and um we've seen a lot of big names that we're all kind of familiar with um, that are kind of up for grabs right now. Like you mentioned Hunter Dickinson, he's one of them. And, um, you know, it's just been really fun to, to kind of follow, and it's been pretty hectic, and everyone, you know, is, is always optimistic about who they could potentially get. But but I, I do I do like how it can really help you kind of change what you can do in an offseason, um, especially with a program like Indiana, who's, who's who has really created some momentum the last two years. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to not take a step back. I think it's important to at least kind of keep keep that kind of relevancy you know, keep that good competitive team going. And with the transfer portal, you know, you can go get guys and, and come in. Now, on the other hand of it, um, you know, we saw with Illinois last year, they went out and got Terrence Shannon. They got, you know, Matthew Mayer. They got Sky Clark, who's a five-star point guard. And it looked like they got, you know, it looked like they had the best offseason in college basketball. And, you know, you get to the, the middle of the season and things just kind of didn't play out for them. You know, sometimes getting every big name isn't the best option. You want to get guys that fit on your team because sometimes guys don't mesh well together. You know, you are bringing in guys who are just going to be completely new. So, you know, that, that aspect of it is, is important, too. And that's why that just goes back to what I was saying about how I just kind of trust this coaching staff. You know, you just feel like, you know, even I don't think, you know, even when we were talking about Caleb Love in the past, you know, he was a guy that, you know, was responsible for getting North Carolina to the Final Four, was also responsible for, you know, make, having to make the NIT this year. And But you just feel like, you know, if, if, if Woods can get a hand on him, maybe it'd be a little bit more better, a little bit more under control. So, I just think I like what any coaching staff is doing, and you know I think even if, even though we're going to have a bunch of new phases this next year, you're always going to wonder how is that going to mesh. Um, you know, if there's a coaching staff that I want to trust to kind of get it going and, and get them ready to go and, and mesh well together, I think it's this one. So that's another important aspect of it. It's not always about every big name you get; it's about 
you know, will they fit into your program and your culture or what you're trying to do? And that's why I think it's also important you're going to have guys like Trey Galloway back and, you know, Xavier Johnson back who have been around here and know what, what it's like. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, definitely a lot to follow and keep up with. And, you know, like you said, you never really know until they officially commit. But, um, you know, we, we, we should, hopefully we're going to see some additions here soon and um, they can start talking about, you know, where it fits and then who else they could possibly go over to fill some, some other holes here because they, they do still have a good number of openings to fill. All right, talking with Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. You know, what an interesting year it's been transfer portal-wise in the Big Ten. Battle from Minnesota to Ohio State, and then everything I've seen indicates Dickinson, there's a great chance he goes to Maryland because his former high school coach, Mike Jones, who was at DeMatha, the big powerhouse in D.C. for so many years, Maryland has hired him as an assistant. I didn't put that connection together earlier this week when that was announced, but it does seem like Dickinson could be the second guy to stay in the conference, which is always a really interesting shakeup when something like that happens. Dylan, I want to get to a text on the Thornton's text line. This texter here sums up what I was saying about the importance of Ledlam, if Indiana could get him for next season. Texter on the Thornton's text line says, these grown men mid-majors can handle these five-star incoming recruits. I really like the style, gives more teams a chance to make a great team. Uh, I agree with you, grown men mid-majors. I think that's a great way to describe someone like Chris Ledlam and some of the others currently in the transfer portal. And if you look at Final Four rosters, you don't need to go any further to understand that that has been a winning recipe in college basketball since the transfer portal came around. It really has been. You know, these guys, they go to their mid-majors. They have two really good years. You know, they show that they're one of the best players in whatever conference they're in. Um, and then when they, they're ready to make that next jump, you know, teams are willing to take them in, and they, and they come in and they're ready to play right away. You know, there's not that kind of freshman learning curve. There's not anything like that. You know, it's been really good, to, nice to see. And you, you've seen it across a lot of teams in the NCAA tournament. Uh, there have been so many guys, you know, you see them making huge impacts, and you're wondering, like, oh, where'd that guy come from? And then they'll say, you know, he transferred from wherever, and it's like a mid-major team. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, that makes sense. And, and, and you know, Ludlam, uh, he just does seem like a grown man. He, he looks so strong if you just see a picture of him. And, and to have him come in, not only, you know, in a conference like the Big Ten, which would be really nice because the Big Ten is so physical, but, but, but what the texter says is right. You know, there's, there's so many five-star recruits that come in and are going to be a little raw. I mean, you have a guy as experienced as Ludlam is, um, just kind of be someone who's who's a constant presence, um, knows what knows what it takes to, to really play at this level. Um, I think it's a, a really positive thing, and, and I think you know it's not just him; it's a bunch of these the guys that are out there, a bunch of these guys who have transferred in the past that we've seen on, on, on big time teams this past year. They're all coming from these mid major programs, so um, I think it's I think it's fun. You know, Peyton Sparks a lesser example, but you know, coming from Ball State to come to Indiana. Um, you know, I, I think he'll be hungry and motivated because these guys, you know, they, they, they want to prove that they can play at this Power 5 level. Maybe they weren't recruited to be at a Power 5 team coming out of high school, and now that they've had success, you know, when they're coming up hungry, they're transferring with, with, a, with an attitude that they want to really impact the team. So, you know, I think, I think it's, it's really exciting, um, and, you know, I, I can't wait to see, you know, what, what Sparks will do is just maybe a backup five for Nina just to provide some energy. Because um, it just seems like these guys want to play, and, and they want to play at this level and show that they belong. And um, you know, Indiana to get to get guys like that uh, with experience like that would be would be would be really nice. Because um, you know, we have we have some good experienced guys coming back, and, and we have some younger guys that you're excited about. And 
you know, if you just have a good mix of that, I think I think the recipe is really good. And like you said, we've seen so many of these teams do it uh, and get these guys. You know, I think I think Jordan Hawkins, that really good shooter on UConn, was came from from a mid major program. So I mean, it's just been it's it's been a nice recipe, and, and uh, teams have had a lot of success doing it. And um, it's a guy like Ledlam, who's a, a really good scorer, uh, really really good physical body. I mean, I think I think it'd be really nice to kind of get him in in Bloomington, but but we'll see how it shakes out. Like I said, I think. I think you know when because the fact that he's coming on an official here uh, is a positive sign, and you hope that you know once Indiana gets him in the door, they don't let him leave. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. All right, Dylan Wallace, my guest. Dylan Xavier Johnson recently joined the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I did kind of get a summary of it, but he was very open about his injury and the time it took to heal and why he chose to not rejoin the team for the final few games at most of the season. And based on what he said, I'm not even sure how helpful he would have been. But it does sound like he's hopeful to get this medical waiver, but nothing is for sure yet. Gosh, his return, we're talking about Ledlam and Ware, the transfer portal, all that is very important. But I also feel like uh, Xavier Johnson getting another run at it in Bloomington, that might be the biggest of all for next season. I think it's the biggest thing, and and, I, and I'm just talking about Indiana, like they're going to have them. And even though we don't really know yet, I mean, I think Indiana's. Pre- I think they're comfortable, they're confident that he'll probably get the waiver because I think he was just one game over the limit and hasn't really played since December. You know, if he played like 14 games, there's no way he would have. But I, I do think there's a good chance. But but I mean, if Indiana doesn't have Xavier Johnson, then um, they're going to have to really really go after the, go hit the portal and try to find a guard. Um, you know, the Ryan Memhard guard from Creighton would be a good replacement for him I guess if he if Xavier were, were to be out but um, you know I just think he's so important to what they're going to do next year to run the show um, and and I'm I can't wait to watch him and, and I did I listened to a little bit of it I don't think I finished it all but you know one of the things that he was talking about was how much he learned just kind of watching the game from the sideline you know being kind of like a, a, a second coach so to say and he said he saw so many things in terms of how to read ball screen coverages um, and he, and he, he, he said this multiple times that he cannot wait to get on the floor and show and do things that he's learned because he just he said, I'm going to make a bunch of crazy passes, you know, because he, he, just, he just saw a bunch of different things. So, you know, he, he said multiple times how excited he was. He just can't wait to show everybody kind of what, what he learned and how much better he's going to be. So he seems pretty hungry, motivated. We all know he's got that fiery spirit. So, I mean, I, I can't wait. I think he's as important as anybody on this roster. Um, you know, there's – you know, when you're talking about getting a guy like Ware, you're th- you have the idea of pairing him with a guy like Xavier Johnson in a pick and roll, and Xavier lobbing it to him. You know, and you have guys who are scorers. You you you're, you're probably pitching to them. You know, you have a point guard like Xavier Johnson who can get you the ball. So um, he's so important, and um, you know, hopefully he gets the waiver. Uh, if he doesn't, that'd be kind of a that'd be really that'd be a really tough hit for Indiana. But um, you know, I, I I cannot wait to to see him back on the floor. And he you know, it seemed like he was he was trying to come back in the middle of February, and then. You know, wasn't really there, and by the end of the season, you know, I think he he decided that you know the the, the risk to re-injure the foot was too high for him to come back for. You don't even know how many games he would play. Um, you know, you you didn't know if you'd get him for just one game or two games or however many times Indiana would would just keep winning. So uh, I do think he was probably the best decision for him because he said he does want to go play at the next level. You know, when he graduates. So you know, for him personally, just to to stay healthy and not re-injure that foot, I think he was probably the best decision and. You know, who knew if he didn't have Xavier Johnson 100% healthy, how much would it have really helped Indiana? Would they beat Miami? Probably not anyways if he wasn't 100%. So 
probably the best decision for him, but um, I can't wait to see him back on the floor because he seems really excited. He seems like he wants to show everybody kind of all, all this new stuff that he feels like he's learned. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be a really good leader for this team. And he's going to be the one that kind of leads them. So, you know, hopefully they get him back there. And, and, you know, when you get all these other additions, if you have Xavier Johnson running the show, I think this team, you know, could be pretty good next year. We'll, we'll see how it plays out, though. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's with us on Fridays, Dylan. The transfer portal keeping us all very interested and all very busy here in the offseason. Thank you so much for the chat today. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. All right, we will head to a commercial break. Texter on the Thornton's text line says, It's probably old news for you and others who keep up, but I see that Jake Hydebreeder from Floyd Central and now Air Force is going to Clemson. Yes, that was a big local deal out of the transfer portal. We had Jake on, I think it was at the end of last week, and it was just great to catch up with him. He's had a terrific couple years at Air Force Academy, and I think it's really cool to see him enter the ACC conference, see what he can do there. He's got a great connection to the Clemson program who recruited him back in his high school days, and so going to be fun to see if Jake can take that next step in his college career at Clemson of the ACC conference next year. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. In-state targets and recruiting, it's getting ready to really level up because you've got the AAU and travel stuff getting underway. There's April live periods for coaches to get out and hit the road. And we know there's some big, big names in the state of Indiana, important to Mike Woodson and all the programs in the Midwest and the Big Ten Conference. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star is with us. And, Kyle, I think much of this week and much of this show today has been dedicated to talk around the transfer portal. So it's fun, and it brings a whole other element to college basketball, but it seems like it takes a little away from talking about the high school prospects especially in our state. We've got some good ones right now that we need to get an update on. But, boy, the transfer program has sure changed recruiting. And outside of these very best of the best in our state and beyond that we talk about that Indiana, Purdue, others are after, I'd hate to be a high school senior that's kind of up in the air on my college plans and think I've got Division One potential at some level. It's a rough world out there right now. Yeah, it definitely is. I had a chance to talk to a uh... Uh, somebody I've known in the mid-major world of basketball this week, a couple of days ago, and you know they just are essentially recruiting the portal, you know, and and then uh, the high school kids are sort of secondary, if not uh, not completely off the radar necessarily, but uh, you know they they look to the portal first, obviously, because you have a, a track record you can go by, um, you know, something to start from as far as a college player goes. So you know you're essentially at that level, especially trying to put together 
you know, a one-year uh, situation, you know, time after time. And, and, you know, for better or worse, you're trying to, it's kind of building a, a program one year at a time. Uh, you know, so I, I know you're probably more talking about IU or whatever, but, uh, I mean, I think it's interesting from that standpoint of a mid-major where, you know, you're sort of, uh, you're sort of waiting for other dominoes to fall before you can even get your roster together. So just really, uh, yeah, it's a different, it's a different world, uh, in the last couple of years. And then you throw in the, the COVID year too. And, and, uh, it really changes the high school recruiting situation. You know, guys who are, you know, normally getting offers uh, much earlier are not. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of the way it is now. And that the, the other side of that is it's kind of a one year deal for those guys too. You're trying to find your best situation going into college and you're not necessarily thinking of it as one year, uh, necessarily, but, uh, it sort of is that way. I mean, for better or worse, you know, your situation may be really good and you play yourself into a, a high major and it's almost like a farm system essentially for um, sort of these lower uh, level division ones. But, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's changes things for sure for the high school prospects. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis star. Let's talk about some of the in-state guys we're gearing up for travel basketball, grassroots basketball, AAU basketball, whatever you want to refer to it as these days. Um, some of the big weekend tournaments are ahead, and some of the recruiting stuff will start to unfold when the college coaches can get back out on the road. Who are the big names to cover? I know Jalen Harrelson and Sisley at Heritage Hills and Badunga at Kokomo. We've talked about those guys. They're all still right there at the top of the list. Yeah, certainly those three, uh, but uh, Badunga especially, I think, uh, sort of from a time frame perspective, because he is uh, going to be a senior next year, uh, probably a little bit more of a, uh, you know, just sort of an imminent uh, thing for him. You expect sometime in the next, you know, calendar year he'll be committing, certainly. So, you know, that's a, that's probably the biggest one of all uh, as far as in-state players go, and I don't necessarily sense he's close to making a decision, but you know we'll be curious to see sort of what uh, what his prospects are, or you know what schools are sort of in play for him, what schools, what coaches are coming to watch him. But yeah, Jalen Harrelson, you know, top ten player in the 2025 class, and then you know Trent Sisley may be more of a sort of a regional uh, recruitment with IU Purdue and and some other uh, Big Ten schools, uh, but uh, but he's a top fifty player as well, so. Yeah, I think he's sort of start with those three and a couple of the other uh, top juniors in our in our state are committed already to Purdue and Cannon Catchings and and uh, Jack Benzer from Brownstown Central. So those those two guys are off the board. Um, you know, got their situations taken care of pretty early. But uh, but yeah, I really like it. another name coming around is, uh, is Xavier Robinson uh, from uh, Lawrence North, who had uh, Ohio State was in, I believe, uh, to watch him this. Uh, earlier this week, I remember which day, but you know he he's been picking up some high major uh, offers and uh, you know coming off a really good junior season. He's he's a 2025 kid, but uh, but uh, you know had a really good season, so I think he's one who's going to be uh, sort of more prominent uh, as far as that goes in that class. And you know going through that class this week, that's I really like that class in the state as far as the uh, overall. Yeah, I think I, someone asked me the other day like. You know, 2024, 20, you know, really high, you know, uh, you know, level as far as like, you know, catchings and Badunga are both top 20 nationally, but probably not as deep overall, I would say. I think 2025 is going to be 
more of sort of what we've seen as far as some of the better classes first depth uh, that that can change but that's kind of the way i see it right now kyle nedrip the indianapolis star with us here on our friday edition of the show time to talk about the indy star mr basketball award it's such a historical and coveted award even in this new world in high school basketball in our state and it's been announced that there are six candidates. The finalists, a little different the last few years, the finalists are announced for the award. Xavier Booker of Indianapolis Cathedral, Marcus Burton, who I really like as well, out of Penn High School up north, Miles Coven, he's a Purdue guy from Heritage Christian, Zane Doty from Ben Davis, had a great state championship game, Joey Hart, of course we all are familiar with him if we follow high school basketball out of Linton, Mason Jones of Valparaiso, probably the least known, at least to me and people in our southern part of the state. He is a Valpo recruit. Uh, break down that final six. The actual winner will be announced on April 19th, I believe it is. But how would you handicap Mr. Basketball? Is there a clear-cut favorite like I think to the Romeo year? I mean, he was by far and away the favorite to win Mr. Basketball. This year, I'm not sure it's as clear-cut. No, well, going into it, certainly not. I think the year that uh, Marcus Burton had, uh, I think pretty early on sort of made him the front runner, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I think the voting will probably end up bearing that out, I would guess. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, you know, as far as like a favorite going in, I didn't really have one. I, I thought maybe Booker, because he was getting some, you know, more of the national type stuff and uh, the highly rated and McDonald's All-American uh, type of things. But, didn't go out and just have a phenomenal senior year. He had a good year, had a, had a really good year, and, and also didn't benefit from having a point guard like he did the year before with Tayshaun Comer, uh, who went on and had a really good year at Eastern Kentucky. So yeah, they were young at that position. That hurts a big guy, obviously, when you don't have a guy feeding you all the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I think, you know, in my opinion, I think Burton would probably be the guy you would handicap. His numbers, you know, are there in the, in the story. They're just really... Uh, were really good, and then he wanted. Uh, they were twenty-eight and two. They, you know, came within one point of making the four A state finals. Um, so, from a team perspective, he just had more success uh, than uh, than some of the others. Um, you know, and I think if he would have made the state finals, it would have made it even more probably clear cut. But but he he performed really well in some big spots. Uh, and then Zane Dowdy, I think, kind of put himself in the. You know, when you talk about a team perspective, winning every game, had a really good state championship, like you mentioned. Uh, his numbers weren't as, you know, overwhelming, but uh, but also played on a team where they had other guys who could do more. Uh, so, kind of depends what you're looking for. Mason Jones, who's going to, to Ball State, um, yeah, you mentioned him. He's he's probably the uh, least known, but uh, really good player, a versatile player, really like him. And uh, Miles Colvin, of course, uh, phenomenal uh, upside, I think, maybe as much as anybody on that list uh, for what he can do at the next level in college and maybe even beyond that. Uh, but, again, didn't have a ton of team success throughout his high school career, so you don't know how that uh, maybe factors in, too. Uh, that always seems to help with voting when you have a team that goes far or wins state or you know has a really good year. So, you know, that's definitely a factor. And I can't, uh, Joey Hart as well, yeah, went on played in the state finals uh his career numbers are very very good um you know so all those guys you know have great resumes as they do every year and then this sort of a way you know for to name the finalists i know people get up in arms sometimes on the whole process and i'm not understanding because they don't follow year by year but you know this is kind of a way to uh 
you know, honor the kids who were all also among the finalists, uh, which I think is a good thing in the long run. And, and you kind of give, instead of just having a line in the paper that you're, um, you know, wherever on the voting list, you can kind of, you know, give them a chance to be honored in this, uh, the sports awards banquet, which we're doing again this year. So it's uh, just a, a way to kind of, you know, honor those who are among the, the best in the state and, and uh, it'll be named, uh, like I said, April 19th at our banquet. All right, great stuff. Kyle Neddenrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, have a great weekend. I'm afraid it might be basketball-free, unfortunately, but have a good one. All right, I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Kyle with us on Friday. So busy today, we did not even get a chance to talk about Indiana going to the Empire Classic November 19th and 20th next season at Madison Square Garden. That'll be a fun few days early on for IU basketball. Have a great weekend. Back with you Monday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.